Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the podcast. Today, we have Timothy Adams. Howdy. Modern folk, they make good friends. I'm just starting to figure it out. Don't lose yourself to loneliness because modern folk are all around. Timothy Adams has been our most requested uh, featured guest for the podcast. That's hard to believe. Um, in all actuality, people ask about you hmm. and, um, I, I'm surprised that transportation is of, <laughs> on people's minds. It's always on your minds cause you're always going somewhere. I've, I had the criticism that you're, uh, like the intro or the thumbnail for yours seemed boring, but the content was really good. Hmm. So, uh, we have to think of a good name for you. Okay. Transportation King. Yeah, Czar, preferably. Czar, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like Czar has come into its own in, like, describing people of, right. like, they're controlling, like, an area. The COVID Czar. <laughs> Why are they a Czar? <laughs> I don't even know what a Czar is. It's like the Russian, like, leaders for a long time. They're Czars. Yeah. Okay. It's, I think it's a derivative of Caesar, actually. That's why it's spelled C-Z-A-R, uh-huh. but it's interesting. Russian. So Tim, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Life's good. Um, keep on keeping on. Uh, we're staying busy. Uh, Madeline, my wife, is a med student, and she's in her fourth year. She uh, she got just got done with her 14th interview for residency programs, and um, we will be do- going through the the ranking process now. I'm not sure. Ty, have you ever are you familiar with the med school ranking process? No. So, so it's the residency ranking process. So it's this like, like this six this this like cruel joke they do <laughs> of like, like they could never figure. It's actually it's got an interesting history. Actually, the history involves a Nobel Prize in uh, economics. Because it was so hard to match up all these med students going into residencies across the country okay. that they had to build this algorithm to like do the. So what essentially what happens is every med student does their interviews and then they rank their interviews. Like if you do 14 interviews, you rank them one through 14. And then the schools who do all these interviews with all these students rank each school ranks the students. Right. Okay. And so, it, and there's thousands and thousands of med students and schools, right? And they throw it into this pot, like this algorithm, black box, like someone made this back in the 50s. And it outputs the most, the optimum results of people's rank choices. And it solves the, like, the, the problem, I guess. Sure. So that places them. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so so Madeline, so we, so she has our fourteen, so she'll rank them, um, and then hopefully the ones that she likes, they ranked her highly, and so then we get a match up with them, and it's a match. Yeah, it's a match. So and then and so then the like swipe left. Yeah, it's a, mm, swipe a little right. bit more complicated, but yeah, <laughs> but the there's a bunch of problems and circumstance around it too, where she'll um, the day of they'll like she won't find out anything until March seventeenth. And it's there's this huge ceremony, and she'll be given an envelope, and they used to just read it on stage, like for the first time, like in front of like everyone else and everybody's families. There's a huge, huge thing that goes on with this. But now they, they you get to read it bef- right beforehand with your family, 
and then you come across you're called across the stage to announce it to everybody but it's still the day of it's the day of yeah whoa and so we might find out we're going to like uh what was the farthest one we interviewed with it was some small town in new york and what happens if you like do you is it guaranteed that you want to go there like i mean what happens if no. you get a, a, a dud <laughs> i mean it's like um the equivalent of like career suicide if you don't go because okay. because then sure. you you would have to reapply the next year but they'd be like no one wants you because it's like well this person wasn't willing to commit the last time and so it's like this is complicated thing so you you better go and how long is residency uh so she's going into general surgery so it'll be five years all right all right, that's exciting. I, I guess exciting's a, an interesting word for it. Wow, Tim, we're uh, we're on the Modern Folk Podcast here, mm-hmm. and um, I want to talk about transportation and specifically the future of transportation. Um, I just got back from Vegas from a trade show or from mm-hmm. a uh, it was a CES, which is a Consumer Electronics Show, but they had a lot of transportation and a lot of different modes of transportation. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to gauge your uh, thoughts on some, yeah. some different uh, modes of transportation. I don't know much, but I'll, I'll, I, like, I like transportation. So let's just get into it. Yeah. Um, the Boring Company. The Boring Company. So when I was in Vegas, I went through some tubes, some tunnels, some underground roads, and uh, I was very impressed fascinated by them mm-hmm. uh currently they're not in vegas at least it's not really uh like it doesn't really help you get around in the city but it yeah. connects like convention centers or yeah. like the ends of the big convention center which was very handy for a convention mm-hmm. so i guess my question is uh are we going to put tunnels under every city yeah we were talking about this last night when we were out for drinks a little bit and now, I, I'm interested in what you thought of your experience, because from what I understand, the the Nevada one, it's like, it's essentially a chauffeur service, right? Yeah. So they, um, we had a person driving a Tesla. Um, yeah. They could be completely autonomous, but I think for mm-hmm. like legality the, reasons. Or they, technology they have, or whatever it is, right? Yeah. I mean, I, the tunnels were very small. Very small. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's what I've done. I've done an actually decent amount of reading about these lately, but I'm no expert. But excuse me. Oh. Yeah, we'll cut that in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> cut it out. Cut it in. No, we're gonna. I'm gonna sample it. <laughs> oh no. Um, so the tunnel. So so the tunnels are interesting because like the the idea is like you can get rid of traffic going around the city because it's all it's at it's at capacity and there's too much volume on the roadways so instead of building essentially we right now how we get around that is like getting people to move across each other without an intersection or interchanges these bridges right yeah it's very expensive to do and so what elon was selling with the boring company is that it's going to be super cheap we can we can get it to be super cheap to tunnel because tunneling is historically very very expensive that's why you see very few of them if you ever drive through the the rockies they put you on these passes that are super windy mm-hmm. instead of just going right through the mountain itself you know and so so that was his cell and um basically it hasn't panned out quite i mean like so he's done this like at vegas is the best example of it 
but why I say it hasn't panned out is because there's been like a, a record of the boring company coming into a lot of communities and telling them, hey, we can help solve this problem that you have traffic, which is everywhere. And, um, and then instead of going a traditional route of building more bridges or doing these much more expensive tunnels, they're like, hey, we can help you with our solution. And so basically, and so like, I mean, I mean, Elon has so many ideas and, and like, and he's successful in a lot of them, but like what ended up happening with a lot of these projects that he came in and told them like, Hey, we can help you out is when it actually came up to like, uh, to bid out the project itself. And they're telling like these people to come and bid on it and like, Hey, give us, you know, like if you're interested, give us a bid, tell us how much we'll put you under contract. The boring company kind of backed out. And so, so that just leads everyone to question in the industry, is their technology not quite there or is it not scalable yet? Or maybe they're lacking the resources. We don't know. But if my, my opinion is if they had the technology and they have, and I, I think the resources would come then because people are willing to pay a lot of money to get rid of traffic. Sure. Well, the, so by going underground, mm-hmm. we now are in a 3d space. And yep. our transportation currently is in a 2D plane. So we're on the skin of an orange. Well, we're, I mean, we're in a 3D plane because, I mean, you have interchanges that go over uh, the yeah. top of each other. Yeah. Yeah. But we don't. Yeah, that's very true. But we have to build it. Like, but we have to, like I said, it it's super and, expensive to put yeah, people yeah. up in the air. And, and, like, and then there's only so high you want to put them. Yeah. But, and so, like, it'd be way better, though, if you could go up and down just right. as easy. It would be easier to make 100 floors down than 100 floors up, maybe. Maybe. I don't 100 know. 100 tunnels so, stacked on top of each other, it would be easier yeah. than a 100, like, lane bridge or, well, like, a yes. tower. And e- either, either way you go. So, like, if we've only been just going up, right, with our bridges, which pretend the the tunneling is more or the same expense as building a bridge, you know? So you have to, your clearance or whatever, you have to get over a bit. So pretend you have to go 20 feet up in the air, right? To get over the, whatever the other travel lane is. So then you could do that. But then if you want to do another direction over that, then you have to go another 40 feet, right? And then you have to deal with grades. You can't have them more than like 6% or something. And so it'd be easier if you could like go one up and one down, right? And instead of going up 20, up 40, up 60 then you can just go up 20 down 20 right and so it would open up a whole new toolbox and then and then there's the there's the the beauty part of it where like no one wants to look at these roads yep and also a city is already might be developed you yeah. can just put a tunnel yeah underneath it and not exactly yeah exactly you won't affect the, anything yep which like um seattle just did this a uh, tunnel yeah, they did a huge thing. So back uh, about a decade ago, I mean, it was a long time ago, they 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 had this water, so the freeway system coming through a lot of these cities, They I think we talked about this last time, where they like kind of divested a lot of the, they, they made choices to go through these historically downtown areas to get vehicles into downtown as quickly as possible, right? Off the major freeway system, they'll like have a spur that just shoots them straight into downtown. And how you and what's really easy to do that is go along waterfronts or other like railroads or rivers. So like so like the whole waterfront in Seattle, like 
you can go to a lot of cities and see that there's a major highway separating the city from its waterfront. Um, and so, uh, so they, they decided they wanted to take it out because they just, they wanted the access, the people that wanted to access the waterfront, it, it was an eyesore. So they put it up to bid for the city and not to bid, they put it up for a vote. The mayor was like, well, let's let the people decide. Cause there's three options. Either you keep what's already there, just leave it how it is. You totally take it out. Don't even replace it. Let the cars like, you know, figure it out or you, uh, you replace it, but you put it on underground. And so the people voted and people and like the obviously if you leave it there, there's no expense there. If you take it out, the expense is just the removal. And then the other one is the expense of the removal and putting it underground. Right. So the third option is super, super expensive. Anyway, and the people voted for the second option of remove it and don't replace it. Like people will figure out how to figure it out. Yeah. People will figure out how to travel different ways. And um, they didn't do that. Because in the state, kind of, this is, you know, I, I'm not an inside source or anything. This is just what I've read in the news and reading the tea leaves. Um, the state come in, came in and knuckled down on the city and said, you can't do this. Because it's kind of their route. It's States and cities have weird jurisdictional, like, fights over the roads. And so the state told me can't do that. So they made them build the tunnel. And so it's this huge, and they, and they how do they offset the cost was, they basically said, we're going to toll it. You know, we're going to charge people to come in. And it's never, long story short, it hasn't panned out. So it's like total, the budget's totally underwater and they haven't made their money back. Interesting. This leads well to a uh, question from a fan. Uh, the question is, do you expect technology to progress more or less, uh, <laughs> less as in like towards bikes? Uh, like, yeah. Technology towards or not as quickly towards bikes. And maybe their use. Um, Because there is kind of a trend in cities to be more bike friendly. mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's... Bike... The bike culture is interesting. So you're a big biker. Mm Mm-hmm. So I would be... Big biker. Big biker. Got a big Harley. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) We can talk about motorcycles. (sighs) People shouldn't drive motorcycles. Uh, No, I have a Bianchi. A Bianchi. Yeah. So, So how do you ride? Do you... I guess I, I should say, do you, when you are in traffic, do you stick to sidewalks, side paths and bike lanes, or are you in an attitude of you act as a car? In I the am lane a of car. Travel? You're a car. Yeah. And that's how I've traditionally biked as well. And so there's, there's a, the, the bike advocates. So if you're an advocate of something, you're usually very active in whatever you're not advocating. So the bike advocates are a lot of like, very experienced bikers they like they advocate that a lot of them say that these bikes need to be kind of treated as cars like or people need to change their attitude towards bikes on the roadway as it exists right yeah so that argument would be like we don't need further technology and bike like as i say technology i'm assuming the technology is like infrastructure that we build around that's what i assume too yeah and so but that's really tough because We've done studies, and if you want a more biking culture, roughly 80%. So there's like the people have that attitude is only 5 to 10% of like the population, right? And there's just no way. And then there's probably five to another 5 to 10% that's like, I'll never bike. I'm taking my car everywhere. Then you have like this 80% group that we found that like they're willing to bike, 
but it's either because of safety concerns for themselves or their kids logistics logistics discomfort they want the infrastructure they want to feel protected yeah yeah and so so i guess what i'm saying like the the attitude of like bikes should be treated equally as cars can be counterproductive can be i'm not saying like it's a bad attitude because i do think like right now when we have a lot of streets where there's some bike infrastructure you got to be in the road so like yeah um but like i guess so what i hope for maybe what i hope for cities and where i see it going is definitely there is going to be more bike infrastructure um it's kind of then there's like the thing of between if we build it they will come or do you wait till there's enough bikers out there and I probably fall in the more of the camp you because of the 80% group, they're never going to get on the road because they don't feel comfortable. I think it's more of if you want to put a bike called, if you want to start a biking culture, you should start building that infrastructure so that like normal people can feel safe and comfortable being out on the roadway. Um, yeah, that makes sense. So I live uh, in air park or like near air park. And so when I cycle to work, I'm on like roads, but nobody is out there. So mm-hmm. no problems. If I want to go to downtown, there's a there's really nice trails, but there's a segment where I can't connect any trails mm-hmm. and I have to go basically down O Street. Yep. And I don't do the road on O Street because that's kind of dangerous. dangerous. And so I'm on the shoulder. Yeah. But there's a portion where there's no shoulder. So there's like... Yeah. It's like a half mile and um, like it's grass. Yeah. And so... I like either ride my bike on it and you're not Bianchi. Those aren't fat tires, little tire, little tires. So usually I like get off and just walk. Yeah. And it's really kind of annoying, man. A, a planner would love a picture of you walking in the shoulder, high yeah. speed traffic going, you know, yep. I'll, uh, I'll argument. take a video. And yeah. You should it. take a video. Submit it. I mean, you should submit it to your city. I think I plugged that. Uh, the best thing people can do is submit stuff to their city council member or the mayor's hotline or whatever it might be. If, if they, the more, the more, um, if you want to see bike infrastructure change, the more, uh, you contact your, your city representatives, the officials, you, and they hear that they'll, and they'll get to a critical sum at some point and they'll do something about it because they want to win voters. Um, I guess, did you have a, what were you thinking of? So you're thinking like, how do we connect? Um, yeah, I just want a trail. Mm-hmm. Um, or I mean a shoulder yeah is that i guess another question bikers riding on the shoulder is that like legal fine okay i think so some states like like south dakota is a big they do they're a state that really advocates they do extra wide shoulders for the intention of bikes sometimes on their highways um i think Iowa's kind of that way too um i don't see it as much in nebraska um, but like, it's n- nothing's wrong with that. There's some people that like, they, there's some States that you'll see that they'll say like bikers on the shoulder for like an interstate, which I think is wild. Yeah. Uh, that is illegal. In some interstate. States. No, no, there's oh, some really? States it's legal. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 They, I just know in like Nebraska, there's signs that like, yeah. In Nebraska, right. They don't take your tractor. Don't take your yeah, bicycle. Don't ride on our shoulder. Yeah. 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 No, in some states, they it's legal to do that. Cars um, going eighty five next year. I can't imagine. I would. I would never. Uh, this is a fun fact. So you know the brand. So the brand is uh, Nebraska's uh, basically Ragbri. So oh, it's, yeah, yeah. it goes across all of Nebraska, and this year, so they just announced the route uh, like a month or two ago, uh-huh. and it goes on the bottom 
the whole bottom length of Nebraska and it goes down 136, oh. which is the highway that my schoolhouse is on. Yeah. So I'm going to have 600 cyclists go by my house. That's cool. Literally right by it. So I'm probably going to put like a station or like mm-hmm. play music. Yeah. I'm also going to cycle. I'm going to go from uh, Alma to uh, Red Cloud okay. to Superior. Okay. I'm just going to do that portion. It's about 90 miles and it's a two day thing, I think. So mm-hmm. I'll do two days of it. I think the whole thing is five days. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll end at my house, which will be pretty cool. That's really cool. So like they're doing justice on the same. So they don't go into the panhandle at all. Uh, they do. They do. Oh, they curve they, back up. Yep. 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 Oh, that's, <laughs> that's so funny. I'm not doing the whole thing. Um, I'm just picking it up. I'm, I'm uh-huh. actually just picking it up and, uh, people, friends are going to drive me back to the schoolhouse. Cool. Drive me back to red cloud, which is 20 miles. I'm going to try yeah. to like, not competitively, but I'm going to try to like be in the first or like beat the majority of the people so I can come back to my house and like host. Be ready for them. Yeah. And it's only a 20 mile at that portion. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm probably just going to go get up really early and like knock it out. Sweet. And then just watch all the cyclists. Go oh, that would be really cool. When is that happening? Um, that's this this fall. Um, yeah, I think September. Um, and I guess I kind of brought that up because 136 doesn't have any shoulder, mm, and so mm-hmm. I mean, there's safety in numbers. There's going to be 600 yeah. cyclists, so like, it won't be people will yeah. know, but yep. they're not they're not blocking off roads. Yep, and that's kind of crazy i mean yeah there's like farmers that use those they'll drive tractors and i don't know what's going to happen when a tractor wants to get through i mean yeah how long is 600 do they stick together pretty well during an event like that um yeah so they always do the same leg in a day oh so they never there's never a huge distance like right maybe a couple so they always stop at the same place and then yeah. everybody stops there. And then okay. the next day, I think you can start whenever. And yeah. it's it's not a race. It's just uh Oh, but like you could get a couple miles between people. So there could be you could be oh, on certainly. your own. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's hmm. Yeah. I I mean that's definitely a safety concern. Especially for an area that's not this is the first year they're doing it. Uh in that area. In that area. Yeah. Okay. So like yeah. I know it's gonna piss a lot of farmers <laughs> like these damn bicycles yeah maybe hopefully i mean that's the thing too maybe it's good to like throw it around the state so people will, like see this and, so they uh, go it's the same route so they go to hebron and like through uh deschler which is where Rankies is yeah. at where i used to work yeah and where ben fox works so if you want oh he works at Rankies now yeah. <laughs> does he have your old job pretty much oh my gosh um so if he wanted, he could ride his bike to work. <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah, that's um, obviously there's there's safety in numbers. There's actually this concept that is getting popular in some cities as a it's called a bike bus. Um, so like essentially like where kids coalesce to like get on a bus, right? Kids will coalesce with their bikes, and like one adult will kind of lead it. That's cool. What if, so you mentioned that and I originally pictured like this structure that people would come up, hook their bike to, and then ride the whole thing. 
That yeah. would be cool. That'd be cool too. It's like you just hot. It's like it's essentially like the, it's therapy. The, bi- yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the bike, the the bar yeah. bike. Yeah, thing. I guess they already exist. Yeah, yeah. But, but people you, are always drunk when they do it. Wouldn't so. that be funny? If a, and it's not actual transportation. It's just a school district calls that company and like requests, like yeah. buys one, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And, you know, it's like, "Oh, we're gonna use it to get our kids instead of a school bus, just <laughs> yeah. make the kids yeah. bike themselves." Yeah. And like in the center, they're like serving the breakfast, and you know, on their way. Oh in. man, we're building a better future. Yeah, that's almost not a bad idea. Yeah, that's it's actually we're joking about it, but it's kind of cool. Someone's gonna take this. No up. one ever uses those for actual transportation. No, it's always just a novelty. I mean, that'd be cool if it was like a instead of a city bus. It was just that thing, and it makes a route, but it's human-powered. Yeah, yeah. And so you just get on it. I, I, a lot of people don't probably want to, like, mm-hmm. work well, to move. but in, in like, I mean, the, I can already <laughs> imagine the the critiques of this. Like, one, the places where these are usually are in are, like, very pedestrian-oriented. The traffic's going, like, 50 miles or less. Yeah. Yeah, your old ex- market. Old market, market, hay market. Yeah, those kinds of neighborhoods. Whereas these buses need to go through... Especially out west, they need like West Omaha. They have to go through like arterial roadways. So it's yeah. Not. All right, we're talking about buses now. So that brings me to my next question. Okay. You know this is coming. That streetcar. 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 The Warren. So I assume you you've read the Warren Buffett. Yeah. So Mr. Buffett comment. is uh, not for not for the streetcar. Not for the streetcar. He's Whoa. pro bus. And you explained it last night and. It makes a lot of sense how you explain it and how he yeah, uh, explained it. Because why spend $300 million on a rail when you could yeah. spend $3 million or mm-hmm. 30 on a bus system that gets people the same yep. route and yep. is actually more flexible and can yep. go anywhere. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And so that was, that was Warren's whole argument is, yeah, the, the money you're spending like a factor of like 100 or more. On, all you have to do is buy a bus. Yeah, but yeah. buses don't make a city. They don't have culture. When I think of oh. San Francisco, the you know streetcar, streetcar, uh, New Orleans, the trolley. Yep, yep. You think of all these. Like I mean, K, everyone talks about the KC streetcar. Yeah, sure. Um, and then Denver you, Rail. Yeah, you talk like yeah. You go to any city like around the world, and like you think of their trans. You say, "Wow, what a good transit system, transportation system." And it's usually it's on rails. So, yeah, I, I do think that there's something different. And I think that's maybe, like, I think they're both right because the, the advocates for the streetcar, um, one, they acknowledge the fact that just, it, you see it in the industry when you, you talk about the economics of a streetcar versus a bus system, is that, unfor- unfortunately, I think I'm going to talk about this last time, unfortunately, like, people view buses are for, their mentality is, like, in your, in the, it gets in their head, buses are for poor people streetcars or something on rails i'm willing to ride that you know and so like these buses get a a bad rap um which is unfortunate um and so it it means so like you just gotta so you gotta acknowledge the economic reality that people are very willing to ride a streetcar and so if that's the case now I wish we wish it was different, but if that's the case, then it's like building the streetcar. And if you based on economics, there, I mean, their forecast, it's going to revitalize. I mean, not revitalize necessarily, but it's going to provide this economic boost to that entire area. Um, and I mean, they get a ton of interest. I mean, like 
I mean, the biggest crux of the argument was that Mutual Volmont would build the skyscraper, but they tied it to the streetcar itself. So, like, I mean, that alone is, like, showing that this massive business is, like, hey, you got to put in the streetcar if we're um, going to do this. Is it expected that the, these businesses will pay for the streetcar? Yeah. Or so they want the city to pay for it? Yeah. So, I don't... Have I talked about TIF? I'm not sure. Um, do you know what TIF is? So, tax increment financing. Okay. And so, I, I've, I've, I've been acknowledged as Tim's TIF with TIF. Um, but I won't get into it too much, but they're, they're going to use, uh, I, I think it can be abused is what I'm saying. Yeah. I is see. they, they like dish, anything. Yeah. Like, like anything can get abused. Um, and so like they're using a TIF financing s- schematic where the people that are going to build in this area. So you build a streetcar, right? And so a lot of developers are want to come to this area. So they establish a streetcar, um, economic area around this like i think it's i think it's a half mile to the north and south of the line so don't need to worry within a half mile radius of it and so and if you build in this area and like you're improving it essentially so you're getting so you're getting more value for that land because of what you're building on top of it and you're making obviously bringing in more revenue and so essentially they're just going to add on like like a like an extra tax to this area and so that's going to help fund it and like that money. So essentially the city's giving a loan to the streetcar and the loan will get paid off by all the economic development. Yeah, I gotcha. So um, now obviously, and so Warren's argument then too is like, what if this doesn't come? Like, what if the developers think, ah, you know, cause like the, the th- he's arguing about the bus is like the bus is flexible cause things change and like development, some districts that we thought was going to be so great never came about. Or over time, it's like people don't want to be there anymore because you see a lot of malls that like were built up in the the 60s and 70s and now they're like totally vacant, right? And that was like, you know, it's been 50 years, but like over 50 years, this streetcar should last a century. And so like, but he's like, we're going to put in hundreds of millions of dollars into this. And like, what if people... You can't move the damn thing. You can't move the darn thing. Yeah. And so... His argument is like, yeah, what if the development doesn't come or if it's not as big as you want or it comes and then like it goes. And so like, which is a valid argument. But again, like I'm saying, I think the people want it and, you know, you give the people what they're what they're what they want. You know, if I was a politician, I'd build the streetcar. I mean, I mean, who you heard it here? Yours are so. I'm not. I'm no. I'm no are. I have no power. And oh, and I. I should pretense that all my opinions are just that as opinions. <laughs> as a professional engineer, I don't. I'm not speaking from that that stance at all. Um, Tim is not being funded or uh, bribed by anybody. Yeah, no, no. Um, uh, you were texting Buffett earlier today, and he's yeah. Like, just mention the bus system. <laughs> don't. Don't talk like, off the streetcar. Warren was telling me not to go too hard on him. Um, are you so? Are you going to be out there day one, Ty, for the the streetcar? Um, I'm pro streetcar. Yeah, I'll ride it. Yeah, you'll ride it. I I like that it'll be that it would be a permanent, uh, you know, staple or. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems cool. I understand, like the other side and and. I'm not necessarily paying for it, so it's easy to. <laughs> I want it. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Well, if hopefully, I had to pay for it, I maybe would change my mind. But yeah, yeah. Is there ever going to be a system or a rail that connects Lincoln and Omaha? 
Uh, they've studied it quite a bit. Um, it's, I mean, it just comes down to volume. Um, I mean, obviously we have a rail that connects the two. If you ever take Amtrak, you, you can technically, you can technically get a ticket. Um, if you're going to, if you're going to do that, you'd have to leave at 11, some 11 PM, 1140 or something like that to get to Lincoln. Right. And it's, then to get the Lincoln to yep. Omaha, it's like super early. It's like 3 AM <laughs> or something. Um, cause that's, so that's the, ca the California Zephyr. Zephyr. Yep. 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 And, uh, but obviously that's not what people are thinking. Um, so they used to actually, there's a really cool, really cool, like, um, it was called the big red express. I believe that was its name. And it was, it ran for a long time back in the, through the nineties and before. And I forgot when it ended, but it used to be the thing. So right now Amtrak rents out rail. I believe it's from BNSF. Amtrak doesn't own the majority of yep. its rail system. And uh -huh. so they rent out from the, the private railways. And so I don't know who organized it, but they had like, essentially they had a, a like carts that they would, they would have for, to transport people that I don't know what authority had them, but they would do it on game days from Omaha. Oh, and so they of would, course. yeah, it was such a good idea. Leave your so car. hundreds of Omahans who drive, I mean, you've ever been on I-80 during a game day. It's awful. Yep. But so they all come down to Lincoln. And so what they did was you could leave from downtown Omaha. And I think they might've even had a stop like in Elkhorn or whatever. So like you could load up in Omaha, get down to the game and they would be put you in the game like an hour before kickoff. And so you can still go to the bars and, go to the game itself and then you just get back on it and it leaves like 30 minutes after the game ends and so if you've been out drinking or whatever you have time to sober up you know and i think they serve drinks on it it was just such a great idea and it kind of fizzled out um and there's if you if you sleuth around the internet um like doing research on it there's actually a community out there that has tried to revive it um so bring it back Bring it back. Bring yeah. back the Big Red Express. Big Red Express. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's like uh, they brought back, they did kind of a similar thing. Colorado's version, I guess, is skiing. And so they used to have a special train that would take you up, I think, on Fridays and Saturdays. And they'd bring you back. They'd take you up and bring you back same day up to uh, Winter Park. From Denver? Yeah, from Denver. Because the winter, cool. well, two things that made this really, really cool was. Back in the day, Winter Park, I think it might still be owned, but it's not operated. It's, Winter Park was, or maybe still is, I would have to look it up, is owned by the city of Denver. And so, um, and so then the railway, like, is right, if you ever go to Winter Park, the railroad is right there. Like, if you got, if you'd get off the train, and so my in-laws used to do this back in the 80s. They would take the train up to Winter Park and their skis, they would have like special attachments on the outside of the nice. train cart that the skis would just sit in, yep. kind of like the yeah, when you cool. ride up. And uh, and they would get out and they'd literally get right on the lift. It'd be within 100 feet. It was, it was, they said it was awesome. And then you just ski for eight hours and then the train would pull up and you'd come right down and you get right back on. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. It's really, really cool. Nice. I love trains. Yeah, they're they're so neat. They're so neat. they're what? so big and loud, and <laughs> they move so much mass. Yeah, yeah, and they're super efficient. Very. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever think like I've always had this? I I don't know how it would work. I think it's more of a mechanical problem. And 
I've always thought like, well, obviously the autonomous vehicle thing kind of wants to make trains on roadways because the benefit of the train is, well, one, you have a, a single power source that's pulling along everything else. So you can get efficiency there. But then it's the air, right? It's like the, yep. there's no, um, what's the term? Drag. Drag, you're right. Yeah. So like, did you know that a open, uh, so a full coal train, uh, when it's in, like if it's going 60, it takes more fuel to do an empty coal train at 60 than a full coal train because of the like wind resistance. And like when you're oh. up to speed, you have momentum. Yeah. And it's really hard to stop a train. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It takes like, like what is it? Like miles. Yeah. To so it's stop, right? way more energy to get it up to speed. But once you're at speed, it's actually more efficient to yep. be a full yep. coal train than an empty coal train. Yeah. Interesting. And I wonder if too, if like, an empty coal train as well. It's got that, I don't know aerodynamics, but like it's got that empty space. Yep. And that's so the, the pockets, right? Pretty bad. Pretty yeah. It's bad really bad for aerodynamics. And that's why I watched a video on the, the cyber truck where, yeah. cause they have that, they have that, the shield thing that comes over the bed of the truck. Yep. And I think Elon in the video was explaining that, that like, like increases the efficiency by it. Like yeah, for ton. sure. If you've ever been in a, pick up and open the back window there's kind of a dead spot uh-huh and it's like reverse yeah drag yeah it's almost like it's like a negative space that the yeah. air like comes yeah into yep, and then, exactly yeah which is i mean the huge benefit and so i want to i've always like thought like why haven't and i know i probably can think about it for more than like two minutes but like why haven't we done that on the road system <laughs> like somehow like it's like a like a tow rope almost like like we just need automated cars Automated and, then, and that's what it's going to be. And then have them yeah. drive, I don't know, 25 feet behind each other. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, you can't go really close if, if like, a tire blows or something. I mean, I don't know if that's... But, oh, yeah, I guess the... I mean, the... Cataclysmic events. Uh, yeah. Whatever Tesla semis. Yeah, yeah. They have basically one that would be Lead a driver, it. and then yeah. they have followers. Yeah. And the followers are, like drafting off of the front one yep yep and, I, and they could coordinate and such like you have this it knows how big the vehicle is so it, like the automated system inserts you like at the optimum position so that would yeah no it'd totally be cool so what else did you see at ces ah yes um so i'm gonna tell you the things that i enjoyed seeing yeah because yeah, yeah. uh they had everything so they had a home <laughs> uh they had, they had cra every crazy TV. fridge. You they know had that. phones. They had a phone that could extend. So it was a like bendable phone, but then you could extend it. And it's just kind of silly, but it kind of opens up this like new design. So it was a phone. Yeah. And then you just, it just pops out. It's like an it, RV that's got like a pop out yep. section. And it looks very seamless. Like you're, you're basically just stretching the screen. It looks like you're stretching it. But you're getting yeah. higher resolution or more like pixel space. Interesting. And it was kind of silly because it was already a big phone. Yeah. And then you only get like two or three inches extra. And and so they had like an app um, showing like, a, I don't know, something. And then you pull it out and then you have an extra like menu bar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like, like, well, why don't you just have a menu bar in and there? And it wasn't like, like, was it on the same plane? Like it was yeah. like seamless. Yeah. It looked like you're just pulling the phone. Interesting. So I wasn't like really 
impressed necessarily with that, but the fact that that is technology, yeah. there's going to be some cool stuff that comes. Oh, it comes from, from it. it. Yeah, it's like a demo of. It was like the first concept. bendable phone. They featured that like three years ago. Yeah, and then um, now that, it's mainstream. Like yeah, I, yeah. I was out for drinks with a buddy, and he pulled out his pocket. He said, "Oh, I got a new, I got a, one of those flip phones," and I thought he went back that, to a dumb yeah. phone. Yeah. But he pulls out, you know, that flip smartphone. So other things that I saw at CES, um, the things that I were was impressed with was um, some of the space technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, me personally, I'm very fascinated with uh, space tech, and you know, yeah, it, you can't keep tying the roads. He's no, going much higher. Put me in orbit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I saw this panel discussion on uh, technology in orbit. That was mm-hmm. the name of it, and. Uh, they had folks from SpaceX, like Starlink and uh, Planet, which Planet was the one that really impressed me. I had heard about them, but I didn't really realize what they're doing. So they're taking yeah. a picture of the entire landmass every 90 minutes. So the whole area of the world every 90 minutes, mm-hmm. which now gives, and this is a public company. So like, I think anybody can just pay to see... I think you have to say the area that you want to look at and then you can just serve like look at it. So really folks, if you're a rancher or if you own property, you can now see if uh, people are trespassing or if, if you have a stolen vehicle and it's all archived. So you just like go back and see, ah, this is where anyone my vehicle got stolen. Just follow it to where it goes. Because how, how often are the images coming in? So every 90 minutes. Every 90 minutes. Uh, they want to get it up, I think, to every 15. Of the whole of world? Of ev- the entire mass. world, yep. That's nuts. It's nuts. And some of the cool things that they're doing with uh, AI, I said AI with quotes because <laughs> <Yeah>. everybody's <laughs> using, using AI, and I don't know like to what extent. But anyways, yeah. they can look at the density of a field, a crop, Mm-hmm. And they can tell by the density how what the yields will be. So they can basically, they could predict how much grain will be generated yeah. per field. And they can scale it out so you can see how much grain will be um, grown per country. And then now we can tell, oh, mm-hmm. like this country is going to have a def- deficit of, of wheat. We need to uh, get resources to them before it's like, like they can predict it. Yeah, so, they can predict out. And so they can start making like, you know, what is it? Contract negotiations, yeah. trade policy. Exactly. Like, we need to feed our people There's six months from now. So much. This gives uh, yeah. so much power to uh, like everyone, governments, yeah, and private people. Are you of the opinion? That, are you, are you sort of the opinion where like the government's probably had this for like, a decade and now the private sector is getting it i actually don't think so you think this is coming new to everybody yes because um and maybe i do think that the government has satellite imagery of really high quality Mm -hmm. but i don't think it's that refresh rate so these are low earth orbit um satellites and they're about the size of like a microwave yeah and right now there's 300 in the constellation and the it uh, so it costs a lot to put mass yeah. into orbit, but since SpaceX 
um, that has fallen like a thousand percent less. So mm-hmm. it's like, it's like not that. So I think it's like $10,000 to put or a thousand dollars to put a kilogram into space or something. Maybe not. No, it'd be probably $10,000. 10,000 put 2.2 pounds into space. Yeah. Which sounds oh. like a lot, but if you're a massive company. Oh yeah. So like $3 million to put, to take an image of the entire world. That's I mean, amazing. I just made that number up. I'm yeah, sure it costs way, way more, more than, than that. that. But now this private company just contracts SpaceX to like, Hey, you're going on this orbit. Yeah. Let me just throw 50. Yeah. Uh, it's so different in. than Warner trucking in Omaha. It's so, like they're hiring these space yeah, transportation. Exactly. Companies. Yeah. So this is kind of the first time that that's happened. So that's why I say that I don't think the government, like I'm sure now they probably are doing it, but historically they, they probably haven't had the quality we've had now. Cause yeah. you just think about like the, the web is it's the web telescope, right? Yeah. James Webb. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like the huge technology leaps that they made, like in the imagery and stuff. And like, so we've been using all these satellites and imagery for like, I mean that we progressively improved probably, but like, yeah, the, the density and the quality of these, these imaging systems up yeah. there. So I talked to that, the executive from planet and I was, um, asking him specs of like the satellites. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, he like, didn't hold anything back like it's a public company <laughs> and so like he was yeah. telling me all these details of like all the capabilities he the next generation will have um some camera that can detect co2 yeah and methane so um like of our in the atmosphere it's like yeah. spot check it so you can see like you'll be able to see this farm is producing no way. this much methane and so now it's like we're going to, there's going to be no question as to who's polluting. Interesting. And people are going to get, like, and, it's going to help a lot. And they're doing people it every 90 fined. minutes. They're able to cover yeah. it. Like, and what's cool is they don't care. They're just doing all this information. Well, they'll be able and to then, sell it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So then the government's going to be like, Hey, can we'll I see that? that? Yeah. How much methane? And so, then they'll start taxing people more. I got it. This is a lot. This comes, they'll probably come up immediately. Cause every time it's like, Oh, this is really cool technology. And then I, we'll ask what about privacy right so like yep. i asked because like it's scary it's scary yeah so like google google maps has their street view right yeah and so you can i believe you can request to like have your house not shown on street view so you'll be like once in a while you'll oh. be on street view and it'll on be blurred view, yeah yeah it'll just be totally blurred out right like like why is that blurred out like so like if you actually uh, i'm sorry to the people that live there but if you go to the if you look up the home alone house for example <laughs> And you like you can't actually see it in Street View. Ah, interesting. So it's in Chicago. It's in the Chicago. Have summer. you ever uh, tried to find yourself on Google Earth? Oh, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, do you know where you're at? Have you? Do you know? No. So I know where I'm at on uh, Apple Maps. Oh, and there because I can. Thing. So I started out. I looked at my home in Superior, and I know like uh, so. I've done a lot of different like. Uh, updates to the land planted grapes like different garden and like <laughs> so i can tell what year they took it yes. and like what yeah. season so it was right when i was moving to lincoln okay um because my garden was full of weeds <laughs> <laughs> and nobody was there uh, no vehicles were parked or whatever yeah and then so then i was like okay well um i bet i'm in lincoln so i looked around and looked at work yeah and then i'm pretty sure you can see my van from my at the house there's yeah. a white vehicle at the house i'm like oh 
I must have been home when they were taking that mm-hmm. picture. But it's wild. That's yep. they're taking pictures of yep. everyone. And so I believe I believe you can request them to like blur out your property. And so people couldn't street view it. And so like the whole, if you actually, people can go and try this. If you try to drop street view into Germany, it doesn't work. Anywhere in Germany? Anywhere in Germany. Wow. It's, it's illegal. It's a privacy law in Germany for sure for that. So I guess I, I asked it. So I put this to you. What do you think of, well, one, we've had these satellite imagery, but it usually comes in to the public. Every couple of years it gets updated. And the how granular how how good the image is it's like you can see cars i guess people yeah. is pretty tough yeah but now with this technology how do we handle that yeah i i always with all these different types of tech i'm excited fascinated and then like nervous or like yeah, scared a little bit like you just open pandora's box it's yep. like oh, we're never it's never going to be the same yep and now that ai is tracking this mm-hmm. that's going to do things that we can't even really think about. It's going to track every single person in the world and know where they're at at all times. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're like, why not? Why not? Yeah. It It can do whatever. And I mean, it's definitely in its reach. Cause I mean, like you're saying like they can use it to track like vehicles. It's just a pixel. They'll be like, all right. Or like, they'll be able to tell like, Oh, Mm -hmm. this is a person. And then they can probably do like population, know the population of cities and all this stuff. Yeah. Because this AI is well, has infinite time, sort of, to do these like simple analytics. Interesting. And do you do you think like how do we handle that? Like how do we handle with any technology? I think we're gonna embrace it and then forget about it. Forget about it. I mean, I'm sure it's the same with everything. Any new piece of technology. What worries me is like the pace. The pace. It's like. Like you hear people talk about like, like when the Gutenberg press, right. Came out, Uh it was a giant technology leap, right. All of a sudden the written word is printed mass produced. Right. And so, but we, we could, we were able to contend with that. There are percussions for centuries. Right. I also think it's funny that the first things that were printed were like gossip, uh, like entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't like educational books. They were just like, it's the Bible and gossip. Yep. Exactly. Right. You know? And, uh, yeah, that is funny. Um, people haven't changed. <laughs> no, no, nothing new under the sun. When everything, this is so novel. I'm like, well, it's not, you're just painting it a different color. Um, but it's like, I, that's what worries me is like how quick, how rapid it is. Like, I don't think, I don't think humans have evolved in a way we, we were built for a much more static environment where the change is slow and like we're made to adapt for sure. But I think we are getting ahead of our own, our the own, our own way of adapting to things healthily for sure. Yeah. Most certainly we've only had computers for 50 years. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we the modern computer for less. Yeah. And the internet, mm-hmm. the yeah. internet has revolutionized everything and it's, we don't even know what it, is like yeah. it's it's still a baby yeah it is it is because i mean like like what do you i mean yeah this giant technology leap. and i just think about like like we're like like evolutionary like do you see all these people that like we have this technology that's so addictive for us to use like i'm i'm like i'm like that old curmudgeon guy now but like it does worry you yeah worry like if like a species primary primary like 
like uh, evolutionary like goal is to reproduce and to continue on and we've invented like all these things and this technology that like captures our attention and like separates us from communal living a lot of times and like and, like our birth rates are plummeting in these modern societies it's like we're not you know it's like what what are we going to do with this yeah um one other piece of technology that i saw uh three years ago the first time i went to ces and this so this is the first time i went to ces um they were just showcasing these like analytics of uh, like crowds so they had this like mm. big wall it was i don't know maybe 20 feet by 10 feet like a big screen led mm -hmm. screen and it just showed the people looking at the wall so it looked like a mirror okay and on the mirror had your face and then it had a little tag on it and it said how many times you walked by the wall your mood like oh you were gosh. happy you were sad yeah. um and then it did like it said my age my weight and it was just within, from like camera yep and it was it was correct like it was within two years of my age like 10 pounds of your weight yeah and and it had seen me before I saw it. And I know that that technology is in China right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. Anywhere there's a camera. And, and that now you know. Was that technology accessing the internet? I'm sure. Oh, uh, no, no, no. Not at the not, not at the CES. So it's just doing us out of observation. Yep, yep. But then if you layer yeah. it on, like it can go back and put it to your social profile. Yeah, exactly. It starts going through the entire internet oh, yeah. with and face recognition. Also knows Thai, Rempy, ran whatever time at the And marathon. that information's already on the internet. Like, yeah. Oh, it's all out there. Yeah. It. You want to know anything uh. about somebody? Look at their Facebook. <laughs> oh man, that's uh, terrible. in China. Um, that so that technology is in use yeah. and if you uh jaywalk it'll find you and it won't even tell you well, it won't ask you it'll you'll just see that you had a ten dollar fine if it's for out the, of your if it's for the interest of transportation safety though it's justified <laughs> <laughs> you'll take it but it just charges it takes it out of your bank account yeah. yeah and that was just an example i'm not sure if jaywalking is really that offendable but i'm I'm pretty sure it, it is simple things like that. Yeah. The social, the social credits is it's all from that one black mirror. Yeah. <laughs> episode where oh, man, it's terrifying. It's ter black mirror is so like relatable. <laughs> oh yeah. They like call it. It's like, um, it's like the, like a more scary, less funny version of like when the Simpsons kind of like yeah, predict right, something, right. <laughs> like predict Trump being president coming yep. down the escalator like he did, you know? Um, yeah, it's new technology is, so did you see, did you in the, at CES, did you see a lot of new transportation technology? I, I feel like, I mean, the space has been, we've been talking about autonomous vehicles forever, but especially in the last like five years, it's been so saturated. Yeah. I'm not sure that maybe I didn't spend as much time in that part, Yeah, but it didn't seem like, like self-driving was as big of like a yeah it wasn't as popular yeah it's not it's not novel anymore it's like like i said we've been like just talking about self-driving vehicles so much mm -hmm. and then every probably everyone's like like okay why yeah. why aren't we doing it so they had flying cars and i think i know you're not. like uh, like like actual flying like like people like 
could take it around like, like okay uh, so they like, had what did that look like i guess is what they had saying. one that was called a flying car and okay. it was a helicopter oh a helicopter okay <laughs> <laughs> and but then they they had a personal drone and they were it was a, a flying atv is what they marketed that as oh. and they were doing demonstrations he was flying it outside of uh the convention center interesting and he was actually flying around and then he had gps huh. and there's a portion where he like took his hands off and he was like we're doing a gps uh whatever so it'll take yeah. me to this coordinate um and it's kind of marketed for people who have a lot of land and want to get around quickly shit dude that's and that's it's 150k beautiful. and it's on market this year 150 is it yep wow so it's like people are gonna oh buy yeah these. oh yeah and it's a it's a light uh wing or whatever uh light uh, it's not a classified like flying like airplane, so anybody yeah. can fly it. You don't have to have a license. Interesting, but how does the FAA like control that? It 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 doesn't. So it, since it's a uh, ultralight, um, ultralight, it's like a like a hobby, like a prop. Uh, oh, interesting. So anybody can can do that. Does it, it, do you it. have to like? It can't go too high or something. It probably can't go over. Uh, like, yeah, yeah, and it can't go uh, faster than sixty three. So miles the, per hour yep so that's the speed limit of it not because of capabilities of it because of to classify it as an ultralight and so probably as a you can't go so far off the ground i wonder oh man the safety systems oh. this thing. Uh, what happens like like that's, is it like f- multiple rotors like how does yep. it look so it's a six prop and what i like this design um the batteries were in the props so and then are the props... Oh, look at this. You have a video. So for the folks uh, listening, we are oh, watching wow. a video. Tim is watching a video of this flying ATV. Yeah, it looks like kind of like a, a spider almost. Yeah, so it's a six-prop drone that a guy is sitting on. Oh, wow. It looks cool. I. It's just like what happens when it fails. There's yeah. no safety. Like an airplane, if your prop fails, you can glide. You yeah. can look for a landing. That's true. And I guess it's the same with a helicopter, which I is kind of why helicopters are dangerous. I mean, like if you have a problem, you can't just like float down. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can fall. Yeah. There's no floating. Um, um, they said that if you do had you a, wear prop- a parachute, uh, I would <laughs> probably not, but you're not far enough off the ground. No, almost. it would be, it'd be safer if you went really high with a parachute. Yeah. 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 And then float around. Cause if you're in a helicopter, I mean, unless you're flying low, man. Yeah. That's, that's tough. And they said if a prop fails, it goes into an emergency landing mode and it can stabilize itself and then it searches for a landing uh, zone, basically. I mean, yeah, that's probably the safety mechanism is, well, one, the system can detect anything that's like, oh, this is questionable. Yeah. We're not flying today. But if you hit a bird. Yeah. If you hit a you bird. Hit a goose. That's <laughs> going to fly. Because you know, I was thinking like maybe they build in such a way that it has six props it could actually fly with four. Yeah. But yeah, like you yeah. said, if you hit like pretend a flock of birds flies up on you, that's not going to be a good day. Yeah. It's not going to be a good day at all. And that's going to come up probably. And then they'll, that's my theory about autonomous vehicles is it hasn't come to fruition. I mean, because I think some of the technology stuff, because there's so many dynamic situations and then, What's what trouble with that? Why there's so many trouble with so many dynamic situations? Because if you can cover ninety nine percent of them, but that's the one percent that gets you because like that's going to go to court. Someone dies because of the situation you didn't account for. You're not going to take that to market because you're going to get sued. You know. Yep. I um I joked about so I showed my coworkers that 
And I said, I like the design of everything, but I, it should be carbon fiber, <laughs> um, which it probably should be. You, you work for a carbon fiber firm, essentially. Yeah. And um, the older engineers were like, yeah, but I don't want to, I don't want to make it. <laughs> They're like the liability. Yeah. Anything that's flying yeah. and has carbon fiber, like yeah. you're going to yeah. go through a lot of policy and uh, it's going to be pretty hard to yeah, get it out. Because in all these, it's like bringing it to mass market so tough because the company itself can't have the liability. Because like when you when you do, whoever flies right now is like seven companies in the entire U.S., right? You know, it's like all these, like Southwest, for example, or United. And then the rockets are like only like three companies do rockets. And then and they'll take on the liability. But then once every human has to take on the liability, totally different. Yeah, the insurance game is completely changing, especially with the AI too, is because it's no longer users. It's the designers that are technically driving people. Yeah. So it's like, so it's not user error anymore. It's designer error. Right. And it's probably safer, but it, but, but no designer wants that yeah. on their hands so they have to offload that somewhere or else every designer is going to be like oh why would i work on this i can get sued it's like it's like an engineer right yeah they'll put in a safety factor giant you know yeah so uh yeah it'll be tough getting past that um i we will though i mean uh, we, we innovate would you fly that thing no you wouldn't at all i mean 20 years from now not right now. I wouldn't like if it was on the market. I go out to your farm. You have it. Tell me you want to go for a ride. Okay, I'll fly to my folks' farm. <sighs> I mean, I would want to. Maybe I would. I don't know. That's tough. That's tough. It's kind of like a motorcycle. Like I really want a motorcycle, but Dude. I'm not gonna get one because don't. I'm gonna crash and kill you're myself. Gonna die. Yeah. So <laughs> that's interesting. So this is my my area of expertise. Um, so I do a lot of safety work and so we do, so we're doing this Omaha vision zero and, um, and so we're looking at the safety debt vision zero is this for the listeners out there. Uh, vision zero is, it's this program that it's kind of not program. I should say it's this movement that's going across the kind of the world. It started in Sweden and it's been like coming across the U.S. and all these major cities are adopting a vision zero approach and that's envisioning zero traffic deaths by blank year, you know? And so each city adopts a goal and they have a whole implementation plan and it's uh, very data-driven. So we're not making like decisions on how to improve our transportation system based on like how we feel about it or a per maybe a personal story, which these, we need to hear these. We need to hear people's stories and, you know, but like, but like we know we have all this data on crashes. And so we're able to like clearly identify where they have been happening, how we can fix that. And then we can actually predict where they're going to be. We know inherently what makes a dangerous intersection. So even though the crash hasn't happened there, we want to prevent them from happening. So we do, we do a lot of like data uh, acquisition and then we like have to clean that. And so then we make all our decisions based on a lot of data. And then, and then we incorporate that into like what we call a safe system is we look at the infrastructure, we look at the EMS response, we look at the enforcement, we look at education, and then we look at the infrastructure itself. Do you or use the uh, satellite imagery? Um, 
for intersections? Yeah, I, I spend, uh, I, I literally spend probably half, not half my day. I spend a lot of my day looking at satellite images of intersections and roads. Is it just Google Earth? Google Earth, um, we have a couple of different platforms we use, but mainly Google Earth has the best out there and the most easily accessible. Um, I hear Planet is a, a good option for government. Oh, I, I actually, yeah. it makes me really curious. I want to see if I can, if anything, you should look into it. I should, because we, because pr- tracking project work, yeah. I was already thinking oh, yeah. about this. It's you like, you could see a construction site. Site all the time. I mean, they pay, people pay right now a lot of money to put up like cameras or take drones out every so often, but if they're all like coalescing this and, you know, absolutely. But, oh, I was getting onto motorcycles. Um, so yes. so part of this data is we look at like mode share of like our non-transportation network. It's like 80, no, it's more than 90% of mode share of people, how they transport themselves within the city of Omaha is like cars. Like, yeah, the whether, vast majority. Va- vast, vast, vast majority. And so then you have... Uh, some transit like a not a decent amount but like some trans a couple percentage points like three to four percent transit like one percent bicycle one percent say pedestrian and then it's less than a percent of motorcycles and so because not that you don't see that many motorcycles out but they're popular enough and so um you get so these then we look at the crashes and so specifically we don't care about all crashes they're Just not all the equal. Fatal. fatal and serious injury. And okay. serious injury means like lifelong like damage, like you lost a limb or you can't walk right anymore or whatever, chronic pain. So serious injury and fatal, we call it KSI, killed and serious injury. So we look at KSI crashes. And if you compare like who makes up those KSI crashes to how much mode share, you can get how overrepresented they are in the data set, right? And so... If you look at like bicycles, it's like something like 10 times overrepresentative. And pedestrians, same thing. It's like, you know, 15 to 20 or something like that. But if you look at motorcycles, it's a factor of 140. Wow. So by this zero, vision zero, are you just going to outlaw motorcycles? (laughs) Well, no, because that's not, well, one, we can't do that. Two, I don't know if I'd want to. Three... I, it's that, it's the personal freedom kind of argument, right? And so you have to take away some, it's really tough. It's really tough because it's like, so for example, Nebraska is one of, if not the worst state in the country for seatbelt usage. So for people that are killed, if you get in a crash, like if you respond to a crash and there's someone died, there's a 70% chance that that person was not using a seatbelt. Wow. They're, wear, yeah. wear your seatbelts. Wear, wear your seatbelts. We, can elim- we can't eliminate, not all 70%, so 70% of the crashes that are killed people in the state were not wearing their seatbelts. So if people just wear the seatbelt, close to 70% would go away. I mean, not all of them, but like, sure. And so, and so why we're the worst ones? We're one of the few states that do not have a seatbelt restraint law. So it is not a law. I believe in the state that you have to wear a seatbelt. So even the well, like driver, it might, it might be a law or is it that you can't pull someone over? It's something like uh, that. Yeah. I think you're right. So like it's, we have really weak enforcement for yeah, seatbelts. Uh-huh. And so, so, or is it a primary restraint law? Like you have to like the, 
the, the passengers have to be buckled in, but we have really weak laws sure. for seatbelt usage. And so part of that, and so like, I mean, you can do other things, education, but education can only go so far because people have been hearing this forever. And so, and then we have seen that more enforcement leads to better outcomes. Now there's a danger in the enforcement because we have everything is done through an equity lens too because we don't want too much enforcement. That's not what we want. No one wants that. No one wants an enforcement state. And especially you get sometimes unequitable enforcement of populations. Mm-hmm. And then you also put, if on the police officer side, you put them in a hard spot at times too to enforce things where it's like, you know, it shouldn't be their job to do everything. So anyway, and so, but it does lead to better outcomes. But this is personal freedom question is like, should people have the freedom to not wear a seatbelt? But we, it's in our interest though to protect your life. It's like, we don't give you the freedom to do what you want on an airplane, or we don't give you the freedom to do crazy stuff that puts your life at danger. And so, I mean, like we have a, we have a, we have a helmet law for motorcyclists. So why can't we have a seatbelt law, you know? And so it's really tough the personal freedom thing when you want to like, you want to save more lives. And so I guess long story short on the motors, abandoning motorcycles. Um, no, it won't happen. Um, and I don't think it should, but I, it's hard. It's hard. I, my dad has a motorcycle and I, I've been trying to convince him to sell it and get, stop riding. Cause it's, it's, and that's the thing too. It's usually a lot of times it's not the motorcyclist's fault or, or you're not worried. The motorcyclist isn't worried about what they do, but what other people do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's way more damage for a motorcyclist than a Oh yeah. Car. You, get, you get bumped on an interstate. I mean, that car maybe has a scratch, Yeah, but then you're, you're on the ground. Yeah. That's not good. Yeah. I, I joke with Matt, well, Madeline, my, uh, my wife, she's, uh, she's going into surgery and she'll, she'll do trauma cases within her stuff. She won't specialize in it, but they see it a lot. And it's, they'll, like, I swear every week, like, I hear from, like, one of her colleagues that's also in surgery or someone that, like, these motorcyclists, they come in and they're, like, they're just missing a limb. Like, the last story I heard was something where a motorcyclist, he got, like, hit. And, like, it's like someone bumped into him in the front or something like that. And, like, somehow after the crash like he he survived and he got up and his arm was missing and he was stuck in the grill oh my goodness of the car and he pulled it out and like this guy's like you know when you like i think he probably didn't feel all that pain because it just happened right adrenaline and he's like looking he pulled out his arm and like he just can't believe what's going on and like all of a sudden people are stopping like all of a sudden he's rushed to the hospital and he was holding he didn't like go he brought his arm into the operating room and like did they just sew it back on and a lot of times they, out? sometimes they can do that but not this time I they guess. just uh connect the wires yeah it's crazy <laughs> what they can do though man like they like you bring in some stuff and it's yeah they can they can attach limbs if could it's i soon enough. if i had an arm could i go and replace one of my arms oh that's great that's gonna be soon dude Instead of going to the gym, just get some new guns. <laughs> we were we were talking about the what's Elon's other company, the yeah, Neural Neuralink. Neuralink. I mean, yeah, we're gonna like freaking augment our that like whole Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven. You know, we're all gonna be like androids. Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about Neuralink specifically, but the objective of it is uh, something I'm very fascinated by. Do you like, do? You, 
go ahead. Uh, so take for a phone, for example, we use our thumbs to input like a text mm-hmm. message. Yeah. And um, that takes, that's not an efficient way. I was even, so I do a lot of presentations for work. And the other day I made a presentation and it took over an hour to make the PowerPoint. Yeah. And I knew everything that I wanted before. It's all up there. All yeah. I had to do yeah. was just put it and organize it. Mm-hmm. But I knew the details that I wanted. Yep. I had images and yep. I knew where I wanted. Yep. But it took an hour. Yep. And I want to just be able to like think about it and then boom, boom, it populates right it. There. And we're getting close too because it's like, because if you do PowerPoint, they have these, the like, you're using the design ideas. So yeah. you put it on, I'm like, so I don't even organize the information anymore. I just dump it in there. And then oh, the and design then it, ideas will just make it look yeah, yeah. pretty. Yep. So I like I throw a picture in there. I throw my my points. I just type them out, and then I go to the design ideas. And I make it look pretty. So it's like it's on its way. And then the but you want to get from the thought to that, right? Exactly. And like emails, like I read an email, I know what I want to say. Yep. But I still have to type it. But dude, dude, it's coming because like it's coming. Chat. What is it? Chat GBT. Chat. Yeah. Yep. Like that. I mean, that's you can like put in like four words like email, uh, boss. Um, leave of absence and um, I don't know, whatever, uh, professional, right? Boom, it's going to produce it for you. And then you just change the name or you say, maybe the program already knows your name and your boss's name. And it, it like gives you the letter. Yeah. And it's going to get better. It's going to learn gonna get really good. you and know your preferences. Yeah. And then uh, it's just going to, when you die, it's going to live on. Yeah. You're going to live on. <laughs> yes. Okay. I have, I mean, I have so many questions for you because I want to know your thoughts on one. I want to get to maybe we'll sideline. I want to talk about the, the artificial intelligence, uh, picture creating, like, you know, the right. image creator. Cause like it's super interesting. Cause everyone's yeah. been talking about, it, especially like, like after. make me a monkey on a bicycle in space. In everything's space. on fire. Yep. And then be like, all right, cool. And then make it How do photorealistic. You like and it comes out and it's like, whoa, pretty good. It's pretty darn good. Uh, ben Fox showed me a song that AI wrote. And oh it was, my gosh. He, so I saw the lyrics and I thought he wrote it. And I'm like, oh, that's, you know, that's a. That's pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Nice it's, job, Ben. And then he's like, that came from AI. I told it to write a sad folk song. And, and it was like a little bit absurd because it's like. I don't know. Everything in my life is blue. <laughs> Bada dee da da da. Yeah. But like it kind of it works. Like yeah. if you played it, you wouldn't like And it'll get better. Yeah. And so like uh, like I've had discussions about it with Madeline's got some cousins that are uh artists and architects and uh and it's a really interesting like so like one her the father her uncle is a graphic designer and he's like nah, they'll never this these robots will never replace humans they can't do what we do and like all of us that are in our 20s are rolling our eyes like it just already wait. is yeah it like essentially already is but then and then so we get talking about it and then her cousin the her uncle's son the graphic designer's son he's a like a fifth or sixth year architect student and uh he was talking about how he, cause he has one of the subscriptions and he was talking about how he uses it to get design ideas. And so like maybe Ben asked it to produce these lyrics and then it improves on it. Like Ben takes that and like, Oh, okay. This is a good starting point. Right. And so he does that. He like types in like building with blah, 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 blah. And he 
gets ideas, which is a cool tool actually. And then I'm like, well, when is it going to like take your job? And he's like, and he's saying like, oh, I can't do that because like mine's so nuanced. I have to do like, I got to take all these things into account. It just like starts emailing his boss like, hey, I made this for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then like, (laughs) he just finds out like, hey, actually, uh, we don't need you anymore. Yes. Your AI is doing doing all all the work. And absolutely. And I'm like, and And it doesn't complain and we don't really have to pay it. We don't have to pay it. We don't have to like feed it for lunch. And, and like, I'm just, and I'm like, I'm like chiding him because he's saying the same thing his father is, but like, he's not staring down the barrel yet. You know, it's like, but I'm like, dude, 20 years from now, you won't have a job. You know, if you think your dad's not going to have a job, you won't have a job. And so like a couple of th- like came from that. Like one, it's like, I, th- I think human made is going to be the equivalent of us made because people are going to see a piece of art. And like, I thought about hanging a piece of art, like of the AI, because like he, I was able to throw some keywords in there and I produced like something super cool. And, but then it's like, when you have it in your home, like you talk about a piece of art and people are like, Oh, where'd you get that? You know, what's right. You know? Anyway, so I think, I think human made is going to become a thing in the future. And then I also, um, the design aspect of it too. Cause we kept talking about like, you know, you might not have a job, but then we were like, whose jobs are becoming more obsolete and less interesting or like the less useful. And her other cousin works for, um, not John Madden. Who's the, the designer Madden? Steve Madden. Steve Madden. And she works with him. And, like, he was putting in, like, essentially design ideas. And so it would say Steve Madden. And then it, she's showing, like, denim Steve Madden-inspired, like, shoes, blah, blah, all these things. And she shows us. And they were sick. Like, they look so cool. And I'm like... That's all those people's jobs right there. Boom. You don't need that. You don't need 20 people. You need one person to put in inputs. Is this, is it good? Is this good? Is this good? Yeah. I mean, cause that's the argument like with everything machine, like, um, you know, robotic welding. Yep. yep. Like, well, yep. we don't need, uh, this one robotic welder can do 10 yeah. welders jobs. Yeah. Um, and it's like safer. Mm-hmm. It's not harmful. Like, Unlike, they can, yeah. Unlike the welder, health. they can move on to something else. Exactly. And there so is an then, art. and then it allows now welders to do another job, or or go, does it just put them out of a job? Put them out of a job, and like that yeah, is this good? And we don't. I, that's why I think the speed of progress is too much because we're not able to stop and say, "Is this good?" Because yeah. we're always it's breakneck. We move on to the next yeah. thing because we can't stop and pause on the. But um, like the folks, a uh, buggy carriage operator. They're not complaining anymore. No, I mean... They're not here. Yeah, they're not here. They're not... Yeah, but but in the turn of the century, when cars came, I'm sure all the people who had a buggy and carrots are like, these... A man should know his animal. You know, like, you don't get the kind of response I do with a horse. Yeah. That's a death box. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, you're right. But again, I think... Yeah, it's it's tough because it's the art thing. The art thing. So that's what like I always like as an engineer. When I I have friends that are an engineer's engineer, you know, it's all about like efficiency and it's about like how to optimize and and I always like I draw a line where like I always it sounds corny, but like 
love should not be efficient. And I don't, I don't think art should be efficient. And that's what we're doing to these spaces. Yeah. And like, right. Yeah. And so it's like, I think about it like AI is replacing our artists and AI is replacing love in a lot of places. Like you see, like I've seen like things about the robot caretakers, like at like nursing homes, like, Oh, you know, you put a face on them. They're able to have conversations with like other people. Maybe it's kind of sad. (laughs) It is so sad. You know, it's so sad. And like, but like, we're like saying this is like, Oh, it's going to be so nice that they can. All right, mom, I got you. A robot to talk to. So I don't have to come visit, you know? And so like, that's where and we're not pausing i mean some people are but a lot of people aren't we just push forward and and i think i think like we need to reevaluate that in the space of efficiency optimization ai all this stuff we gotta cannot forget i think and i think it's gonna i hope it comes to head at love and and then art and creativity and so like yeah, and then, I mean, not to even say that, like, all these robots are learning from us, so anything that they project, it's not like they needed us to be around in the first place. So, like, all these, so, like, that was another conversation we had with the art. It's like, when you tell the AI to create this, it's being inspired by millions of images. Yeah. So, how and, do you compensate those yeah. people that gave that robot its inspiration? I mean, you it's like, uh, you could, I guess, but everyone would get a penny. I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I have no idea. But like, can you, can you make laws where like my art cannot be used in these algorithms? I don't know. Like it's, know. it's far you enough would ever enforce it. Yeah. I have no idea. And so, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like, and then we lose our we're talking about this integration too. And like, I'm no, I'm no, huge outdoorsman i don't go camping like all the time like I, I like to go camping here and there i love to be on the outdoors grew up in like rural america but like i think the human bond with with nature is it's taking its toll you know i mean there's people that like we've been saying that forever when people started moving to cities but like now it's like people don't even look up man that's a shame yeah, there's a lot to see up in that night sky. A lot of satellites. Oh, yeah. Around. Yeah. That was something that I talked to the SpaceX guy. Um, I First off, I thanked him. I was like, hey, thank you for giving me connectivity in yeah. rural Nebraska. Like, I now have 300 megabytes mm-hmm. of internet speed, whereas before I had 15. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. But then I was also like, I can, I know when a launch happens because you can see the string of satellites. And I remember the first time that I saw that, I was kind of like sort of sad. I'm like, yeah. the night sky will never be the same. Yeah. And um, so I just kind of shared that experience with him um, and just asked like, you know, what, what his opinion was. Like, are we going to oversaturate like so low earth? Is it going to look like Wally? You yeah, know, like yeah. they look up and it's all satellite. Yeah. And junk. he, uh, he like actually, he listened to my like concerns and he like really, he didn't just give me the generic, well, space is big. Don't worry about it, kid. <laughs> He's like, yeah, that's a real like concern of people. And yeah. like, we don't want to, we don't want to change the night sky. Yeah. And he said they um, are clocking the satellites. So, now on launch, they're at an angle. So what I see is a reflection of the sun off of the satellite. Oh, yeah, yeah, Because yeah. it's coming over like the moon. Yep. Um, 
but now they're clocking them so it doesn't point in the direction yeah. of Earth. So they're taking that into account. And it, these satellites are like uh, pretty small. They're mm-hmm. like a small uh, fridge. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I guess they don't have to be that big. So you would only see it if it got in the way of some light producing objects. So like and what we're seeing or... is the they have solar panels. Yeah. And that how they were oriented before would just reflect the sun. So you're not actually seeing like a light. Yeah. Anything, it's just the sun, which and is why it's so bright. Yeah. And they're so tiny though now. So like you'd have to get in the way of a star you're looking at, but they're so small. And so they're small, traveling but so they're fast. low earth uh, orbit. So how, how high up is low earth orbit? So uh, uh, hundred kilometers, 60 miles to 80. Okay. So it's like, right on the edge of our atmosphere and actually there is a very small amount of uh like drag from uh air and so they only last three to five years what eventually they'll fall out but this was the one of the biggest talking points of that whole panel discussion was Uh the revolutionizing uh satellites so and they said like all right everybody who has a phone like nobody here has a phone that's older than three years or like the 90% 90% of people here have a phone that was made within the last two years mm-hmm. because technology advances, it gets better and better. Satellites used to be so expensive to put in space, they would design them to last 20 years. 20 years, a lot of technology can change. So yeah. now they're like, well, let's just make a, a cheaper satellite and then design it every three years, yeah. a next version. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so... Push that into space. And they design them so when they fall down they completely burn up mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so it's just like a phone like they're now manufacturing satellites and Interesting. new satellites new versions mm-hmm. every year man that gets into like it make it makes me think of like our, our single-use culture or like throwaway culture and it's like to be more sustainable i mean that's a huge thing for you too oh yeah i so i contemplate this quite a bit so i have two aspects of my life though sustainability is the biggest vision that i have or the my purpose as an engineer is to create harmony between nature and society Mm -hmm. i want to preserve nature by my engineering so like in case or the in use of a product i want to design it so it can be recycled or reused or not just put into the ground but Another thing that I've realized as an engineer and as a person, you have to do iterations to get better and you have Mm -hmm. to do uh, a lot. So like you're not going to make one thing and it's going to be great. Perfect. You're going to have to make 10 things. And by the 10th one, it's going to be better than the first. So with that mentality, it's kind of hard. So I'm pro satellites every three years that upgrade. But that kind of goes against my sustainability efforts. Yep. So, yep. It's a, a predicament there. Yeah, it's it's the whole balance thing. It's. I I don't yeah I don't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do, and like and then like, in, I know Joe Rogan had I didn't listen to the episode because I knew I'd get too sad. But he had some expert or reporter that is reported on like the cobalt, um, how oh. we mine our cobalt in the for world. batteries. 
Yeah, batteries. Or, uh, I mean, lithium? And, cobalt oh, and okay. lithium, okay. or I think it's specifically cobalt, but any piece of technology we have, like, has to have those kind those minerals or whatever um into in them and like they can't function without and there's no way to get them feasibly economically except for we get it all through africa and he's been to these mines and it's like all slave labor all of it like all of it and so like there's people dying like people being killed for this and wars being waged you know and like so like anyone who ever we're all complicit in it if you own a if you own any essentially any electronic computer phone whatever boom we're complicit in all this and yeah, so i mean that's capitalism yeah oh well, yeah exactly and so like and like you will know, we'll say we moved beyond it in some places but it's like we haven't we haven't we're still and we turn a blind eye you know and it's not like it's out not, of sight, out of mind. Yeah, Tim. I mean, Tim I Cook want, knows about this, and so he doesn't bring it up. He'll talk about whatever, and you know, but he won't talk about that. It doesn't sell. <laughs> but but we keep yeah, but we keep buying. Now that I've now that I've told you, or pretend you didn't know. I I just found this out. Uh, I don't know what a couple months ago. I haven't changed any behavior. I should. I should get rid. Like if I really cared, I would be like, I'm not buying that. I'm not buying any electronic that has that, or like it has to have resource somewhere else but uh people are probably going to be more conscientious of that um or at least i hope i hope that we have companies that say where they source things i would pay extra to know that there wasn't slave labor in this iphone (laughs) you would you'd pay like triple yeah but i mean for a phone i mean it's literally like the people would give up their left hand to like if they had to have their smartphone or their left hand I, I'd be tempted to say I, I bet we'd be surprised. You don't need hands anymore. You don't even need hands. You don't need hands. I mean, in all honesty, if you lose a leg, talking about that guy with a cigarette accent, the person, the orthopedic surgeon that I was talking to, she's a resident. Uh-huh. She made a sick joke. Like, honestly, the guys, like the like, if you lose a leg, these he he lost an arm, but if you lose a leg, um, honestly, like. When it comes to like you're gonna, you want to run a four, 5k, you want to actually be faster. Uh yeah right. <laughs> They'll put a fiberglass uh, yeah uh, leg. It's a little more springy. You get a little more yeah more bounce, a little more power yeah. out of it. I mean you're not gonna be dribbling and a then, soccer ball right now. Yeah. But and then is it fair? Is it fair? Yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean yeah you won't be able to compete not on that leg. Gotta <laughs> 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 uh, switch it out. Um. Yeah I. Yeah, I, I get overwhelmed quite easily with all these ideas and stuff. And I, 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 I'm I always a guy that, like, says something. I'm, like, hard and fast. Like, I say this, like, I'm trying to be less that way. And I'll be like, okay, that's it. And so, like, my, my brain instantly goes to, like, get rid of it all. Like, just separate yourself. Okay, like, why do you need any of this? Go go back to living without it. Like, use modern technology in so much as, I don't know. I don't know. Don't know time. It's a tough problem. It's tough, man. <laughs> Being alive. <laughs> Being alive, it's tough. It's uh But it's also uh really pretty awesome. Yeah. I, uh I love going to like trade shows or like CES. Mm-hmm. Um but I always have those feelings of like oh man, like that was something I didn't predict. 
and I w- it'll never be the same. Yeah, I watched I watched a, a quick synopsis of some of the top technologies there, and one of the one reporter he was saying, I don't know if you noticed this too. He was saying that uh, he swore everywhere he went, everyone had a pair of like VR goggles on. Like maybe it was in this one area of it where it's showing sure. that kind of tech, but like everyone had this stuff like on their face. Yep. Like someone had, they said they had the one technology sure. yeah. that would, like covered up his mouth, and so they could speak into it without anyone else hearing. And so it's like <laughs> so they have maybe it's that one, but they have a, a on-demand translator. So you speak, and in real time, it translates it. Oh yeah. Which is yeah. pretty cool. Pretty cool. Uh, the VR was interesting. Something that I'm not as like uh, interested in personally, but it's mm-hmm. very cool. It's very cool. I did some cool VR. I did a VR roller coaster that was really kind of freaky. So like you sat in like I sat in this chair that was really it moved a lot. Yeah, and it would like shake, and there is fans and. I obviously knew I wasn't on a roller coaster, mm-hmm. but there was moments like when you make that first drop, like I actually felt like, Oh, like, yeah, like I'm really high up and there was a moment. So there was no seatbelt. Yeah. And there was a moment where like, I was like, Ooh, like, am I harnessed in this <laughs> roller coaster? Yeah. Like it looks a yeah. little sketchy. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, Oh no, I'm just, I'm in Las Vegas. Yeah, surrounded you, you by a for, whole bunch of people watching you me. Forget, yeah. It's I don't know if you remember this. Um, it reminds me of, and I I think about it often when we were. I was over at your place, I think, and you had a buddy. Actually, he was one of my old yep. residents. Came over and brought over. Yeah, years, the, this was years ago. Uh, yeah, this is a quite a while. When it was while, first coming the out, Oculus Rift. Or, yeah, um, uh, the HTC, HTC Vive. Vive. Yep. And, and it had just come out and he brought it over. So not many people had this. It yeah. was cool. And I, I actually feel bad because like, like someone demoed it and then like, oh, like I'll go. And I was in it for like an hour and I didn't even <laughs> notice. And I felt so, I still think about how bad I felt. Like, You're still I, in I it, took Tim. A, <laughs> <laughs> You're in my basement. <laughs> I took the wrong pill. Um, and so um, I felt, I felt bad. Like I like was an hour and everyone wanted to try it. But yeah, like, but you forget you, you are forget you're in that totally world. Totally suspended. Like I, just, I remember specific, specifically that time. Uh, it was some game and I hit the wall. Yeah. And yeah. it freaked me out because I was like, whoa, like I there's no wall. Yep. yep. I don't see no. Oh, there's nothing in front of me. Yep. But I just hit something yep. and I completely forgot that I was in a basement. Yes. And then there is. What's interesting too is the graphics weren't that great, and like in the not even like the like the yeah. the clarity or the whatever and like but like the imagery was like a lot of anim was a lot of animated. Uh, what a, what a cute little boy! My wife's bringing up my son. That's a nice looking boy. It's a nice looking poncho too, huh? Yeah, you can make a nice child, Tim. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Um and uh, he's he's wearing a, a baby sized poncho that yeah, his cute. Uh, uncle gave him. <laughs> and uh but like the the graphics were it was animated like like an animation style it did yeah, go clearly for, like, not realistic. realistic but like you totally forget that you like you set it to the side yep. and and that's like what like i think because i've always put it off like people aren't going to do this all these things i had all these assumptions going into it and all of it shattered i was like and like not necessarily did i want to buy it but it shattered like i thought nah people are never going to go for this 
I was, yep, people are going to Have you ever seen the uh, open world uh, VR games? No. So they have like, like, uh, like tournaments, like some shooting game or something, but it's like an open world, like a, a warehouse. And you're all, so it's wireless. No way. And there are people, they'll be like feet away from each other, but there's a wall, like a virtual wall. So they don't know. They don't know. And they're just like looking right at each other and it looks so funny. And there's uh, ramps. And so you go up levels, down levels, even though you're not actually. So like you and uh, I was talking it's to like integrate- my buddy Trent about this. Oh, and wow. he said it was weird because you could walk up, but you, you weren't walking up a ramp. So it did felt weird. Yeah. But you could be on another level next to somebody. And I don't know how they manage people not yeah, running yeah. into how each do you other. Yeah, you not run into each other? I've, well, algorithms and whatever, yeah. AI. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Everything's AI. Yeah. Um, but that's you did this no but my buddy Trent oh did he did it he's telling you and about yep, it yep and wow. I've seen videos of them where's the nearest one I would love to try this um, just to have my mind blown. I'm not sure I want to try it too I want to try it I bet like Denver Chicago definitely yeah. have it yeah maybe KC yeah it I would, just seems so cool it's so cool it's like scary terrifying when you take it to its logical conclusion of like it's gonna get to i mean every every piece of like re, not reasonable technology i should say like um technology that has shattered like norms or like we've integrated with it kind of right like we've integrated like with our phones totally and like even before that we've integrated with modern medicine like people are like uh bloodletting will still be around <laughs> nope gone now we now we take i mean some people don't take vaccines and other stuff now um so but i mean like we've in it we integrate with any decent technology that's disrupted stuff i think and that's the scary part for me and maybe i'm just like the, the old guy that gets too scared and i'm like <laughs> but we'll integrate with it i bet and uh, oh yeah we already have phones phone yeah and i because of this phone i have a photographic memory i <laughs> know yeah. pretty much everything any general fact i know within a minute <laughs> yeah and it's but like that's not part so like so pretend so your photographic memory belongs in your phone right uh-huh. but i can take your phone and like throw it and smash it against the wall yep. so and, but and i'm destroying that ability but like yep. it, it's a misdemeanor i destroyed your property right but if i said like one another one of your abilities like your memory is the one ability but then another ability is uh you to run like i can run this mile if i cut off your foot i'm going to prison it's not the same as throwing that against all but like at some point we're not gonna unregulate foot cutting we're gonna more regulate destroying people's like memory or their their implement their augmentation well, this, I mean, phone, that would be extremely hostile one day to yeah. do that. Well, this will, the phone will eventually be in our head. Yeah, 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 exactly. But then it's still the same, same characteristics. Like now you, somebody could hack your brain or yeah. they could, they could still probably wipe your memory. Yeah. Yeah. If you, I mean, we, your, we can do that. You could, I could hack onto your, your Apple account, delete all your photos, delete your notes and whatever. And then like. I mean, think of that. That'd be devastating, right? You know, it's like there's so many memories, there's so many ideas you had that, like, you had it there. And I would just get prosecuted for, like, destroying property. Yeah. Uh, so I take a lot of pictures, and whenever I'm in a area that's, like, new or novel or I had a good experience, I take a picture of it. 
And then it's kind of funny. I form my memory in my head off of the picture that I took. Oh yeah. yeah. Because I'll go back through like a year later mm-hmm. and then I'll be like, Oh, that was really fun. Yeah. And then what I think visually is that image that I took. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's so your memory like, now. I'm quantifying phones data yep. into my head, into my um, operating system. So what's really a funny story that kind of relates to this. So, you know, our, our mutual friend, Morgan Rose, mm-hmm. um, shout out Morgan, shout out to Morgan. Um, that's our first shout out. We should have shout out to Ben earlier, but, uh, Morgan Rose, um, he, I don't know if you know this about him, but he's very good at taking photos, cataloging experiences. And then every year he makes, uh, a picture book or whatever like online and gets and describes all of his what they did for the year i'm very jealous that is a very cool trait yeah very cool that he like takes the time to do it and um and like and so you the last 10 years of his life right there and you can see all the highlights there it's awesome and i've always tried to convince him to help me out with it but anyway with my own life um and so anyway um his sister is super have you ever met holly yeah yeah, so his sister is very interesting. She's very different in that sense where she she's kind of cold. Comes off cold. She's very a very nice gal and like very hosp- hospital hospitable and but like she is like very matter of fact and she takes it almost an opposite of so she went off to to Spain for like this big trip. I think it was like a month long. It was a significant amount of time. You know, you're taking all these photos, whatever, having all these experiences, eating foods, whatever. She comes back. She prints off 20. She, like, goes through the photos, chooses 20 photos, prints them off, and deletes all the pictures. Clears oh out her goodness. phone. So they don't exist anymore. Even the 20 she printed off. I mean, there's something cool about that as well. Yeah. But she just, she and they, they like, couldn't blame their family. like, well, what if you lose a picture? She's like, oh, well. Hopefully I don't. <laughs> so that this story makes me think of two stories. So I'm going to tell them both really quick. Yeah. So um, I was kayaking uh, earlier this year and I had my phone and I capsized and lost my phone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which uh, wasn't like a huge deal. I, it was kind of an old phone anyways. I like was due for a new one. Um, and... So I had to go, well, basically I had to go find a Verizon store without GPS. Nope. And like I was in Valentine, Nebraska, nope. but I knew how to get back home. Yeah. So I just yeah. like, yeah, drove to Grand Island and then just got a phone. And since I was there uh, and I didn't have Wi-Fi, I didn't back up my phone. So mm-hmm. I didn't have, I don't have any of my photos from previous. Nope. I'm sure they're on the cloud nope. and I'm, really hoping that that's like giving me comfort oh, i was really man. like kind of bummed like i wanted to use my phone so i didn't like back it up yep so and it basically said like if you don't back up your phone like this is just just gonna be new yeah yeah and then but i had 200 gigabytes of photos on my last phone holy cow and now this is like a 512 gigabyte or whatever wow and and now I have full memory. And so I was also kind of relieved like, oh, now I have a lot more space to take new photos. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of sad that I like lost them, but I'm really hoping, and I'll probably go to my iCloud account and like try to get them back. And then it'll be cool. Cause I can 
go through and like see, see him again, re remember yeah. it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so there's really no point in that story, but, uh, well, again, that's your augmentation. Yeah. Yeah. So on the complete other contrast to that, um, so I was my grandpa, shout out to Les, Ooh, Les. who is a hundred years old. Wow. He had his hundredth birthday, a uh, few like last week. Congratulations. Les. Yeah. Yeah. And he's doing good. Good. Yep. Anyways, I was over there over uh, Christmas break and he has a whole bunch of photos and some of them I hadn't seen before and mm -hmm. they were photos from his parents and they were photos uh, in Denmark from our heritage. Oh, cool. And I was like, this is really neat. And this that's like a very special family. Yeah. Like that was passed on yeah. to like remember. Yep. And... I wish that like, I wish I did what Morgan did and had a book every year. Yeah. Cause I can't like it's, my kids. I'm, it's hard to share. I won't just like give my phone and be like, all right, yeah. look through my it's, it's like the, it's, thousand photos. There's nothing curated about it. It's like, it's like that you, you those giant bins people keep of old photos. Right. And it's like, oh, you gotta yeah, go through it. Yeah. But like, yeah, but it was really special for me mm -hmm. to see those photos yep. and I want that for my children and my grandchildren, yeah. uh, if that's something that they're interested in. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. I, I think so. I, th I think they will be. Um, Ty, I don't know if you want to wrap this up. I have to pee. All right. Keep I, talking, but... You know, I think we've been here for two hours. Oh, jeez. Flies by. And um, I think we should wrap it up. Um, Tim, it's been lovely. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, and I appreciate yeah. I asked you this yesterday to be on, and... Always happy. Always happy to come on the podcast. So sometimes when I ask people, um, they like want to know what the subject matter is and yeah. that's, that's very fair. And, yeah. uh, but I, I appreciate that you're just like, all right, let's do it. Let's get into it. Yeah. Whatever. whatever and I felt like about. there was never really a dull moment. At least yeah. I was engaged. I was, this is like us hanging on and talking normal. Yep. So, and now this is recorded. So, um, someday AI <laughs> will recreate our voices <laughs> You got to put yourself out. Yeah. It's like they put, put enough of you out there that AI I'm, can just make a tie later in life. So I'm, it's kind of funny, but like in a way I want to see what will happen eventually. Cause I kind of want to do this for like as long as I can. Yeah. And, uh, I'll have hours, thousands of hours of my voice. Yeah. And that, your ideas. And yeah. Uh, I have a friend. This will be our last story. <laughs> Shout out to TJ. My friend TJ uh, took a scan of my face this one okay. time, and it's a pretty amazing. So he took like hundreds of photos, mm -hmm. and there's this some mapping software powered by AI that uh, recreated my head in a 3D space. Yeah, and in very nice resolution. He wants to do an entire body scan of me. Oh boy! So that I can have a avatar. Would you be naked for that? Uh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. I mean, <laughs> I'll, uh, <laughs> I was going to say I'll like sell uh, <laughs> full size body. Oh my gosh. All right. Well, <clears throat> this podcast is going a little off the rails now. Okay. Yeah. Let's, let's, but anyways, together. Uh, Tim, it's been lovely. This has been a great time. Any last words of uh, wisdom? Um, uh, I'll plug the transportation safety out there. Um, drive safe. Um, support 
uh, support if you see Vision Zero in your community, uh, you know, support it, check it out, um, and uh, yeah, we hope uh, to reduce roadway deaths. That's right. Be safe out there, folks. Yeah. Be modern. Be safe. Until next time. Goodbye. Nailed it. <laughs>